Welcome back, everybody, to So Every Soul Sings Worship for the Real Church. <laughs> I love doing this podcast, and I'm just so glad that you're just as excited as I am, like every single time. <laughs> every single time. I just can't run out of excitement. It's, it is my passion. This whole, this whole ministry thing in general, but really worship ministry in particular, is... Uh, a deeper passion in me than I have ever realized, I think, until the last couple of years. And, and I'm, you know, an old man. So it's, it really is a beautiful thing to be able to talk about what I'm passionate about um, with a very dear friend. And then to know that there are going to be people, um, gosh, it's really been fun. I've heard from some listeners in the last few weeks. Um, one pastor friend in Hawaii, hey, Steve. Uh, another international listener who um, sent a message, another guy here in town who is a, a worship leader at one of our church plants. And it's just so incredibly exciting to know that these conversations are serving other people. And I just think that's so fun. Uh, although probably my freshest excitement is that these podcasts are not just reaching people in places like the, the glorious island in Hawaii, Island, um, but that people in, in our own ministry here at Woodburn are listening and that it's mm. shaping, um, it's, it's an opportunity for me to share more than I have time to share in a rehearsal or mm -hmm. in, in any kind of context I have. And so, you know, for the handful of people here at Woodburn who listen, it's also just exciting to know that this might encourage them. They are my heroes. Uh, I am useless without them. I, I really have very, very, very few skills. I can't play much of anything. Um, and so I, I'm just useless without a team. And, mm. and because of that, my, my team is my hero force. And I want to strengthen and encourage them. And so I, I love that I get to do this. So Bethany, thank you for your part in making it possible. It'd be really, really, really boring without you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody said, amen. Yeah. My Instagram well, seven friends. <laughs> Yes, that's me. Yep. It's, fun, it's funny that you said you don't have a lot of skills. So you would say that probably on your own, you feel a little powerless, mm -hmm. um, which I think is something that a lot of people feel in ministry, honestly. And probably after the pandemic, a lot of people in ministry mm -hmm. feel that even more so. Absolutely. Um, a lot of the things that we have been able to do in the past, we can't do right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, uh, and I think, honestly, maybe because I'm like a half half full person anyway, I think right. this is a good thing. This is a good thing for the church in general. Um, yeah. Why do you think so? Well, because I think it's just quite easy to allow things to become priorities that are not actually priorities on God's heart. And if I'm going to be very honest, those things can very quickly become idolatry. Yeah. So my like heart, my, like well, the gathering on a Sunday morning in a building with as many people as possible with, you know, certain kinds of songs being done in a certain kind of atmosphere. I think if you place that above Jesus as like the most important thing, that's idolatry. And uh, when Jesus saw that happening in his day, 
Um, the temple was being filled with these money changers who were, you know, instead of serving the people of God, they were taking advantage of the people of God. His response was quite violent, actually. Mm-hmm. He flipped tables over, <laughs> you know, and and so I, my heart posture just during this pandemic time has been God show me where the temple of God, the people of God, the house of God needs to be cleansed so that we return to the things of your heart. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I'm sorry. I I wanted to give just a minute for that to sink in before going on. And then I thought, (laughs) oh no, I don't want it to take too long because then they'll think something's (laughs) wrong with the audio. (laughs) Um, Which is also an interesting illustration of this whole power thing. Uh, You know, for about two months, we didn't have anybody in the room during the pandemic. And so we were leading worship to an empty room. And I was not able to, gosh, this is going to sound so wrong. But if y'all have ever stood on stage and done anything persuasive, you'll know what I mean. I was unable to be powerful in Mm. the room. And I Mm. I have a pretty powerful presence. I have a big voice. I'm a big guy. Um, I, I can be persuasive. And so I can very easily and quickly come to depend on my own human strength and power. Mm. And when there was nobody in the room, there was nobody for me to, um, even in a godly way, yeah, even in a godly <laughs> way, affect so, so that I could see it, so that I could sense it, what mm-hmm. that power was. I, I couldn't do a big crescendo on a high note and feel the room fill with electricity because people were responding to that. Mm. And, and I think what you are describing is that that's a gift because we tend to rely on our own power rather mm-hmm. than on the power of the Holy Spirit that, that we think when we are good at something and we then use the thing we're good at for the glory of God and the building up of the church, that that's kind of as far as it goes. And what we want to talk about today is there's maybe another dynamic that has been awakened anew in the church in these months or is ready to be awakened in your Mm -hmm. church in this season. And that is the difference between human power and God's power, because according to 2 Corinthians 6, 7, our job is to be faithful. Mm-hmm. And God's job is to supply the power. So 2 Corinthians 6, 7 says, we faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us, which I think means that our faithfulness is greater than our power. That even though I think and feel like I'm powerful when I can sing a song like we sang yesterday of Come As You Are and the vocal harmonies were tight and the band <laughs> was in the pocket and it was so strong. Mm-hmm. I can feel like I have a, a role that has kind of power flowing through me. What I'm really doing is the more faithful I am, the more power that flows through me. Mm-hmm. And the less faithful I am, even if I'm very powerful, then the less power is flowing through me. In other words, my human power can feel powerful to me. But my human faithfulness is power to God. Does that sound right? Is that what that verse, is that how you understand that concept? Yeah, I actually think we've already had this conversation. Not, not that you shouldn't listen to this one anymore, people. Keep listening. 
But we've different. already had this conversation when we talked about the difference between gifting and anointing. Mm. Right? Yeah. So gifting is the ability to do something. And especially in worship ministry, um, that is lauded and applauded. And people respond to that. They respond to your gifts. If you're yeah. a great singer and you sing to a, a crowd of people, they're going to respond. We were yep. created to respond to beauty, right? Like mm -hmm. we're made in God's image. So God also responds to beauty. But the difference is the things that God sees as beautiful are not the same as the things we see as beautiful and, and not just beauty. Um, I think about the widow who was giving her coins, right? Jesus says yeah. to all of the disciples, wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. Look, 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 look. Do you see that? Do you see that? Here she put in like two little half pennies or something. Right. And God said, that's beautiful. Because other people give out of what they have left over. But she gave everything she had. So in general, I think our perspectives on what is powerful and beautiful are not necessarily the same as God. Which means we need to have community. Um, we need to have orthodoxy that comes from community because we need to do, we need to be able to check with each other about what God finds beautiful and what God finds effective uh, because we can so easily be deceived, especially by ourselves. Nobody lies to you more than you lie to you and nobody lies <laughs> better to you than you lie to you. And I'm not talking to Bethany. I'm talking to all of us. We, we lie to ourselves so well. We are really good at it. Mm -hmm. And if you have any doubt about that, just go to the, the last mistake you made, the last sin you committed and go, oh, yeah, I really talked myself into that, didn't I? Mm -hmm. We're just really good at that. So we need people around us who can have these conversations. And, and maybe even this podcast episode launches a conversation you get to have with your family or your team or your pastor. And you're able to say, you know, are we are we exhibiting faithfulness and therefore experiencing God's power or are we trying to be powerful and therefore not being faithful and mm. missing out on God's power. And, and there are some ways that we can know that, but there are also some ways that we can't know that on our inside. We have to, we have to have somebody who can see us from the other mm. side of us to be able to say that. One of the ways that I think we recognize that is if God is doing God-sized work or God-sourced mm -hmm. work. If I'm leading worship in such a way that I'm aware of, gosh, I'm really powerful in this moment. By the way, hard to discern whether I'm being powerful because God is empowering me or because God has gifted me and I'm operating in my own strength. That's hard mm -hmm. to discern. It's not impossible. Mm -hmm. and, and I think as soon as we quit trying, we're in trouble. So, so keep trying, yeah. but it does, <laughs> it does feel very similar. And so, yes. you know, the heart is deceptive and, and often wicked. And so what you feel may or may not be true. And so you have to look at some of the results. What is God doing this moment? Is, is he, um, is he doing anything or did you mm -hmm. just have a warm fuzzy on stage because there was a great moment in a song? And right. by the way, there's nothing wrong with a great moment in a song. Sure. But there's so much, there's something so much better about watching the people you lead and seeing somebody who was disinterested all of a sudden engage or somebody who was engaged fall to their knees or somebody who mm -hmm. was singing along 
start to change and you can see it in, in many people, not in all of them, but in many people, you can see it when they move from singing to worshiping. You can see it when their eyes go from following along to all in. And, mm-hmm. and those kind of moments are supplied by God's power, not by our power, but God's power is released and unleashed through our faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And so our job is to be faithful so that God does his job of providing the power. I think the more disciplined that you are as a worship leader in this, the more that you model and you will actually train your congregation to see the difference as well. Mm. I think if you are consistent in asking yourself that question and asking the Holy Spirit to lead you, you know, we've talked about this too, leading you before the service, during the service and after the service, um, the more intention you place in that, the more time you give to that, and the more that you are vulnerable to the Lord to redirect you or correct you, you know, yeah. I know you really want to do this thing right here and get a big response or make it a big show. But right now, I don't want you to do that. I want you to do this thing or whatever it is. Um, the more we do that, I, I think the more the people that you consistently minister to, i.e. the people in your congregation, they will because the Holy Spirit is also responding in them, right? The Holy Spirit will mm-hmm. then begin to say, you see that? That was not a warm fuzzy. That was, that's what I look like when yeah. I move on people's hearts. There, it just reminds me that leading worship is such a pastoral function. Yes. It is, of course, a musical function. And it is a practical or, or kingly function. But it is such a pastoral function. And Absolutely. for us to walk onto the platform and be unaware of how we are functioning as a pastor in that moment. And, and I don't mean, please don't get disturbed by the terms. I, I don't think that everybody who leads worship is a pastor, but I believe in the priesthood of believer as a doctrine of the church, which means all of us are pastoring all of us. So I, I don't mean that as an office. I mean that as a role or a function. And if you're leading worship, I, I really hope that you're aware of the fact that you have a pastoral role and responsibility in those moments to be faithful and in your faithfulness to let God provide the power. I, I, I know that he loves to do that. I, I, and, and I just know it from experience, but I also know it because story after story after story in the Bible operates that way from Genesis to revelation. When there is faithfulness, God is powerful. And so I think the biggest call we have is not to be powerful, but to be faithful. And I just, I hope that that encourages you, that frees you, that that relieves you of responsibility. You don't have to make a moment in worship powerful. You just have to be faithful to do all God has gifted and called you to do. And when you do that, it will be powerful. I Mm -hmm. I, want to say this, um, and I wrote it down so I'd get it right. When, When I try to be powerful, I'm only being manipulative and controlling. But when I pursue faithfulness, when I am relentless in my pursuit of faithfulness, I trust God for the power. And manipulation in my life happens when I struggle to trust God with something. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not sure God's got this, so I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. And, and that's, to me, I, honestly, that just feels like I should throw up in my mouth a little. That's just gross to say out <laughs> loud. By the way. James chapter five says, confess your sins to one another. Mm-hmm. And so, so if this that's... has been an area of, yeah, that's what I just did, by the way. And, and I don't, yeah, do that so that you may be healed. 
Yeah, and healing is absolutely associated with that. So is power, amazingly enough. Um, and so if you want to experience power in your praying, then it would be good for you to experience confession in your relationships. As, as we do that, as we confess to one another, God's power is unleashed in us and through us. And so if this is an area for, of struggle for you, as I have pretty blatantly admitted it is for me, then I would encourage you, listener, wherever you are and whoever you know, find somebody that can be a confessor for you. It doesn't have to be everybody. You don't have to stand up in front of the church and proclaim it as your great besetting sin, unless the Holy yeah. Spirit leads you to do that. And if right. so, be careful. I mean, maybe, and, yeah. <laughs> probably but not, so, but yeah. I, I, and I would say probably not. And that's a serious, probably not. If, if you yes. feel like being led to do that, talk to your pastor, talk to some key leaders and get their take on it first, because you may be doing that out of a sense of guilt, not conviction. And there's a difference. Guilt comes from the enemy and conviction comes from the father. If you're feeling guilty, yes. then you'll want to shed that. And you may do it in unhealthy mm -hmm. ways. If you're feeling convicted, you want to confess that and then you shed it in healthy ways. But find somebody that you can confess that to, because I think you're going to find that that is freeing for you. And when I confess my tendency to be manipulative, you know what that gives permission to the people around me to do? <laughs> Notice it. Notice it. Call and me it on it. Talk yes. to you about it during a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or in a rehearsal, honestly, or in a service, uh, you know, after we have exited the platform for that service or in between services or whatever. And, and I have um, dozens, probably hundreds of times after eight years at Woodburn, I have invited people to hold me accountable about stuff like this. I, I just tell them on the front end, hey, if you sense that I'm um, trying to make something happen that God is not trying to make happen. Will you just let me know? And again, I don't do that to the congregation, but I do that with my team, with my worship committee, with the folks who are part of our core worship ministry, because they see me more often and more clearly than the congregation as a whole sees me. And I just want to give them permission to do that. So our job is to be faithful. God's job is to unleash the power that comes from our faithfulness. And when we get it wrong, it's important to say, I got it wrong. Yes, for sure. And it's good to be reminded as we look through the scriptures that God can use anyone. In fact, mm. when we look at scripture, it seems like he delighted in using people who were not particularly powerful, especially in that culture. Children, yep. women, yep. donkeys, <laughs> you know, yep. so um, you don't have to be um, powerful all the time to be used by God. It, it is good to develop our skills. It's good to steward our gifts well. Like we would be the first to tell you that for That's sure. That's part of faithfulness. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not just being faithful in the moment, but it's being faithful in preparing for the moment. And the way that you be faithful to prepare for the moment is you practice and you get to where you don't have to think about whether I'm going to get this chord change right because I don't have to think about it. That, that's being faithful. And absolutely, we have a, a responsibility. That's that's our part. And when we don't do our part well, I'm not going to say that we can limit the power of God because God is bigger than our ability to limit him. But God might choose to limit his power in our lack of faithfulness. And I don't, gosh, I just don't want that on me. I don't want to, I don't want to have to wonder if, have I really been faithful? And, mm -hmm. and that's hard. You got to manage that because all of us have real lives and we have 
most of us probably listening have families or friends and we want to spend time with them and that's good and holy. And, you know, there are other things that we do in our life. And so I don't mean that you practice until it's perfect. I just mean you practice until you feel like you've been faithful. And if mm-hmm. you struggle with that, find a partner to help you navigate and say, you know, did I, am I spending too much time? Am I not spending enough time? And, and let somebody walk with you through that. I, I've got one more illustration I want to give about this. And then Bethany, I'll see if you have any closing thoughts. One of the guys I serve with here at Woodburn is Warren. Warren is my hero of the faith. He is the most servant-hearted man I think I have ever known in my life. Warren is amazing. But Warren's gifts do not include, at least in the top tier, being a compelling communicator. Now, he's the funniest guy on staff, and and I say that all the time because people wouldn't know it, but if you came to any of our staff meetings, Warren has us rolling on the floor regularly. He is hilarious. And, and Warren really is amazing, and he's so very godly, and he understands the Bible better than I do in a thousand different ways. In a recent trip that Warren took to the Philippines, he preached an evangelistic message, and many people got saved. I don't mean like a couple of kids. I mean like I think it was 12 or 14 adults got saved when my friend Warren, who is not going to win a persuasive speech competition at the Southern Baptist Convention ever, but because he was faithful, Mm. and he was, and he always is, it's one of my favorite things about him, Mm. he is faithful and unassuming in his faithfulness. Mm -hmm. God's power works mightily through him, and the eternity of those people and the people that they will interact with Mm -hmm. was changed. Forever. That's one of the ways that in our faithfulness, God's power is manifested. And I say that as if that's a discovery for us and for Warren in the Philippines and for Bethany in this conversation. But it's just plain as day when Paul wrote it to the church in ancient Greece. We faithfully preach God's power is working. We mm-hmm. do the faithfulness. God does the empowering. And I want to do that better. I really do. I just want to be faithful and I want to be fully faithful, but I want to trust that my faithfulness is enough. And if I will do my faithfulness, then God will do his part and it will be better. And gosh, I can't even imagine what could happen because I don't think I've done it right yet, at least not consistently and not, not like fully. Um, So anyway, that's my closing thought. What else, what else, Bethany, before we wrap up today? Well, those of you who are listening, if, if this is a, an area where you feel like you need some suggestions, because I, I, you know, we have said it's hard to tell sometimes the difference. If you're wanting to know, you know, how do I know if I'm being faithful or, or what are some ways that I could try to increase this in my life? Reach out to us. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your comments, your questions. We'll mention them if you want us to in our next podcast absolutely share and share if this was helpful to you please share yeah thank you i'm so glad you said that we are now um over a year of episodes which is kind of amazing we have uh this is probably something like episode 58 or so um which means it's probably time for us to find a way to know who our listeners are and to maybe do a whole episode or two just based on your questions so if this is a place where Ooh, we can serve you, then let us fun. know and we do that. Yeah. And if you have a question or two or five that you would like for us to answer, um, <laughs> then send them to me, Rod E Ellis at gmail.com. It's R O D like fishing rod 
and then two E's, E for Edward and E for Ellis, R-O-D-E-E-L-L-I-S at gmail.com. You can also text me or call me, 502-229-0114. Speaking of calling, this is our first <laughs> teaser. I'm, I'm going to do a teaser about an up, upcoming episode. Many of you have heard of or heard speak or read something by Bob Goff. He wrote an amazing book called Love Does. And then he wrote another one just a couple of years ago called Everybody Always. Bob is one of the most loving humans that you will ever hear from or know about. Um, my daughter, Emily, gave me as a Christmas gift the ability to bo call Bob Goff and have him share a word of encouragement on our podcast. So I don't know when it's coming yet, but sometime soon. Whenever you're listening, sometime soon, we are going to be able to have a word of encouragement about worship from um, one of the one of the lovers of Jesus and of Jesus Church, Bob Golf, on our podcast. Along those lines, also in 2021, we will have more guests than ever. If there are people you'd like to hear from, I'm happy to reach out and invite them to be on the podcast. Of course, I can't say whether or not they'll agree, but that's another place where we could use your input. So if there's somebody you'd like to hear us um, talk with, let me know. Again, Rod, E. Ellis at gmail.com, 502-229-0114. I thought of Bob Goff because if you haven't read it, Love Does on the last page, his cell phone number is on that book. And so he gets about 100 phone calls a day from people who have just reached out because his phone number is on the back page of his book, Love Does, because he just thinks that humans ought to be available to each other. And we are available to you in, in every way that, that we're able to be. So let us know. And if there's a specific way that this has helped, um, gosh, that would just be uh, exciting and encouraging too. We're trying to be faithful with this so that God's power can work through it. Amen. We want the church to be real. We want your church to be real. And the only way that your church can be real is if you are. The only way my church can be real is if I am. And so worship for the real church starts with us being real. So let's do it because we just want more souls singing. And, and I don't just mean more souls who are already attending your church. I mean souls who will be drawn to your church because of how real it is and because of how soul singing your congregation is. So help us build a tribe of soul singers and, uh, and we'll do everything we can to help you as well. 